You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. So uh, they had made me uh, captain because uh, I was friendly and I uh, tried really hard. I ran the races that nobody else wanted to run, uh, which were generally the really long ones. And uh, I was still just terribly slow. And I'm slower now, but I was, I was pretty bad. But they made me captain, and I loved it, because I loved the fellowship. Um, I loved being on a team and being with people and supporting each other. Everyone was running their own race, keeping like, track of their own time, and supporting everybody in, in making their, their best happen. Um, and when I read Hebrews, especially chapter 12, those, those two verses in the beginning, um, I really felt that race metaphor in my bones. Uh, any race, whether I was running or swimming, which was my other sport, um, I can recall that feeling of people cheering for me as I came in last. <laughs> um, or sometimes fifth, which got one point for the team, which was like super exciting, especially when we like won by a small margin. Um, as an adult, I don't do as many things that I could possibly fail. I take a lot fewer risks than I used to. Uh, doing track and doing swimming, um, I just did them because they were fun. And I wasn't going to be the best. I wasn't going to get a scholarship when I went to college. I wasn't going to get anything from it. I was just doing it to be with people that I loved and to do something that was enjoyable. Um, but nowadays, if I just start doing something poorly, I tend to like kind of back away from it and avoid it because like clearly I'm not good enough to do this anymore. Uh, and so it's something that I'm trying to incorporate back into my life again to not be afraid of doing things that I might not do well uh, or might even like really fail at. Um, in high school, I was still very timid and fearful, but somehow that community of friends uh, gave me the courage to do things that I wasn't always good at. Um, and it was a space where I engaged in faith in a way that I feel like I understood faith better back then than I do even now. So the, the word faith is, is pistis in Greek. Uh, and in Greek mythology, pistis was the goddess uh, that personified truth, faith, and trustworthiness. Uh, she was one of the good spirits that escaped from Pandora's box and then immediately <laughs> disappeared, which I very much relate with, because uh, often I do feel kind of like abandoned, like where I don't have my faith anymore. Where did it go? Um, and in the New Testament, whenever you see that word come up, it's described as this gift from God, not something that we generate from within ourselves, but something that's kind of bestowed upon us. And I, I really like that because I, I grew up in this place where I kept feeling like I didn't have enough faith. I didn't do enough to, to make my faith grow, that there was something wrong with me because I didn't have enough faith, and that was like a deficit in my life. Um, but to think that it's actually something that is given and borrowed from others uh, is something beautiful to me, that I, I don't have to generate this all within myself. So what are we supposed to do with this evasive gift of faith? Um, if we can't generate it, we can't quite capture it, uh, how, how do we harness it if we don't produce it? Uh, and how do we hold on to it when it feels so fleeting? So for one, 
I think our first goal is to sit among our cloud of witnesses. Uh, do you remember being a kid and like wanting to sit in a cloud? Did anyone else like have that feeling of like driving somewhere, seeing those really big fluffy clouds, and just wanting to like grab them? Um, we would drive by uh, big factories, and my parents told me they were cloud machines. I thought they were amazing. Like, wow, they have cloud machines. <laughs> Uh, little do I know, those are not, not quite cloud machines. But, uh, if, you know, when we finally, like, made it up to a mountain and we're, like, in the clouds, those clouds were not something you could grab. It was, like, kind of disappointing because, like, as you walked through fog, like, <coughs> it just kind of, like, dissipated. It was always just, like, just out of reach. Um, and I, I resonate with that feeling of the cloud of witnesses being in that like you can't quite grab them feeling so a story in my faith journey that um, I've always really held close to me um, was around my my first major death in my family was my grandfather Um, I was probably like 11 or 12 Um, we had some extended family who had passed away before but he was somebody that I was very close to Um, we knew he was dying He was kind of like teetering on going on hospice. He had been sick for a very long time. He was in the hospital. And I was very afraid for him because we were were in a branch of Christianity that had a lot of judgment about who was going to heaven and not. And the thought was that Grandpa was really not good enough (laughs) to make it. And so as an 11-year-old, knowing that my grandfather was dying and fearing that I, he would not make it to heaven like the rest of my very small little family uh, was really hard and my mom was like actively trying to convert him every time she saw him and change his mind about deeply held issues and traumas in his life and it was very difficult for me to wrap my head around how this amazing man who was like so gentle and good to us could end up somewhere else and so one night, I was like, just, I could not wait to get to Grandpa. And it was pouring out, and they told us, like, no, we'll go tomorrow, we'll go tomorrow. And then the phone rang, and we found out that he had passed. I was devastated. And I just remember, like, weeping in my closet and feeling like I'm never going to see my grandfather again. And it was either that night or the night after that I had the most vivid dream of sitting on his stoop in Queens and him coming out in his dungarees and his button-up sweater and sitting next to me and just saying, everything's okay, Casey, I'm okay. And I hold on to that, and I I can still feel that feeling of his presence and that that calm spirit, and it's something I can't grasp. It's not like, it's a a dream. It's not a real memory that I have. It's, It's in this, like, weird place, and it's that feeling of a cloud of witnesses to me. Sometimes the witnesses in my life are tangible people that I can reach and hold and who help me through, and sometimes it's more ethereal. And I am grateful for the fact that I can just not name it, not know what that meant. Was it a dream? Was it a vision? Was it him? I don't know. But what I know is it made me feel a sense of peace. And so sometimes we don't have to fully grasp every aspect of what something means to say it was for me and to sit in it in a sense of peace.
think we also need to let go of what weighs us down. In this running metaphor, um, you know, we have to shed those things that are heavy. When I was on the track team, you know, I would get up early while it was still chilly and the dew was on the grass, wearing big sweatpants and a giant, like, college uh, sweatshirt. Uh, you know, but for the track meet, you didn't do that. You wore your little tank top and those weird shorts with the underwear in them, right? <laughs> and so you got to shed the stuff that's weighing you down, that's, that's heavy, whether, no matter what sport you're in. You're, you're trying to let go of those things so that you can move forward. And there's a lot of things that we do that hold us back uh, in, our, in our growth, in our faith. Um, one, I think, is the fear of discomfort. We can feel like we just don't want to be in a place that is uncomfortable for us, where we're going to feel out of place or strange. Uh, Abraham Maslow says, you will either step forward into growth or you will step backward into safety. There are seasons where we need a little more safety, but if we want to be running the race forward, it is time to start shedding those fears of discomfort. Um, We can let go of self-doubt. This is probably the hardest thing for me because I can conjure up enough self-doubt to fill this room. Um, But Vincent Van Gogh said, if you hear a voice within you saying you cannot paint, then by all means, paint. That voice will be silenced. (laughs) And I love that because I have always been someone who wants to paint. My paintings never look like what I (laughs) hoped they would. Um, A little too abstract. Um, But I love that idea of like, if there is that voice, just do it and allow the voice to just get quiet in the background. And we need to let go of the need for approval. The art of knowing is knowing what to ignore. Ignore what that, ignore those that make you fearful and sad, that degrade you back toward disease and death. It's a quote by Rumi. <sighs> Doing things just for external approval is a tiring and exhausting game. And so, no, I, I never made it to all county. I never even won first place in any of my track races. Uh, but doing it just for me was such a sacred and beautiful space, um, knowing that I was never going to get some sort of external award for this work. And it was just something that I could do and enjoy. Three, let us run the race with perseverance. It's not a sprint, and I'm very grateful that it's not a sprint because I was a bad sprinter. Um, it's a slow, steady, long-haul race. Once we let go of fear and self-doubt and the need for approval, we can have a sense of more freedom. The slower and steadier you work towards your goals, the more sustainable the change will be, the more likely you are to grow and expand in the process of getting there. So slow down. Let go of the need to have it all right now. Let go of the pressure to achieve it all now. What is the rush? You have time. Because time does not just count us. I'm a chaplain, and so I am with people at the end of life many times. And so I do know that our time on earth is finite. We have a certain amount of time that we can do things, that we have the ability to get certain tasks that we want done. But the 
beautiful thing is this sense of this cloud of witnesses, that our time is connected with everyone else's, that uh, as we live more authentically, we give others the permission to do the same. Uh, When I was deciding to go to seminary, I was completely unsure what I should do. I wanted to stay in the safe path, which was going to be going into medicine, but I didn't like it. And I was miserable, and I couldn't figure out what to do in my life. Um, And I was sitting in, like, the student center of my college, waiting for some friends. And next to the bathroom, which is, like, a weird place to put a mural, but whatever, (laughs) there was this beautifully, like, script-written quote. And so I'm standing outside the bathroom, ruminating as I normally do, completely anxious, waiting for my friends to come out, overthinking everything, knowing I have to change my major now or I'll have to stay an extra year. And this woman who, like, you know, as a, as a early 20s young woman, I, she seemed like an older woman. She's probably, like, in her 50s, so not very old. But she was out of place. I didn't know who she was. She just walked up to me and said, have you read this quote? And I said, no, <laughs> it's next to the bathroom. Why would I do that? And she's like, you should read it. And I was like, all right. And so I read it, and it was a quote by Marianne Williamson, prior her political journey, um, that I have always loved since. And so I'll read you her quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that was within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. By the time I was done reading the quote, she disappeared. So she was this strange, angelic woman just walking through the student center. Um, But the quote stayed with me and reminded me that as I liberated myself, whether I made all the steps and found my fullest version of myself, or if I just made one step along the journey, I could move someone else into a place where they might also take that step forward that we, as the runners and the cloud, can inspire and move forward. That it's not one or the other, that we are constantly, as a community, moving forward into the beauty and light of God. Um, So I, I pray that we may sit with our cloud of witnesses, those beautiful people in our lives that we can see and hear and touch and hold, Uh, who will inspire us right in the moment, like the people who gave me a hug while my daughter was screaming in my face. Many thanks to you. Um, May we we shed the things that are holding us back, uh, this fear and self-doubt and the need for approval so that we can run at the pace that works for us. Uh, Not worrying whether we're in first place or last place, just moving. Uh, Let us persevere unworried about the time that it's going to take knowing that while we're running, others are watching, others are inspired by the steps that you've taken. We are the cloud of witnesses for another person's race. 
and how beautiful and intricate this tapestry is that we are creating as we journey ahead. So may God bless you wherever you are today, uh, whether you're in the crowd or you're racing. Um, may God bless you and, and inspire you to move forward. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.